0: one-fourth of one of my favorite country music bands of all time today on the music universe podcast
1: oh matt welcome back oh my
0: goodness i think were you even a part of this interview i think i dominated uh,
1: didn't it. Didn't feel like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I interjected when I could. I say one of my favorite artists of one of my favorite country music bands. I think one of my favorite bands of all times. Because you don't, there's nobody out there that harmonizes like the Oak Ridge Boys do anymore. And Joe Bonzel is the tenor for the Oak Ridge Boys. But he's also the MC for the show when they're out performing. Uh, He's the most talkative. He's the most hyper- energetic and and you you got that sense you get that sense immediately talking to
1: him as i know you know from our interview with him oh yeah he was like let's go let's go like we were just kind of letting him know how how we do it and he's like all right let's go yeah and uh super cool guy uh he, he was super sweet and uh just talked our ears off as well we got a good 30 minutes out of him
0: mm-hmm. yeah and he was like i'm sorry did i go too long i'm like no if we didn't have one if we you know if we didn't have three others that we were doing, us, we would have let you talk more, I said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we just try to be respectful of your time. And what's so cool is he's so down there, he followed us back on Twitter, all that good stuff, and I was talking with him last night about the uh, the book, the little crime short story you'll hear him mention uh, on the podcast here in the interview, and he gave me the link and everything. So So he's just such a cool guy, and I hope we stay in
1: touch. Some of these people are just so down to earth it's like you know known him for years oh yeah and you you never know when you chat with someone or you get that message that hey so and so you know you're gonna chat with him you just never know and sometimes you feel like you're walking on eggshells but with these guys it was just like super chill uh and joe was one of them he was just like hey let's just let's go with it and um he chatted, he elaborated on some stuff, we'd ask him questions, and he just, he was great. I mean, I think half the time I was talking about the quarantine.
0: Yeah, he had some great insights on the quarantine and faith and patriotism, I think, during this time. He just wants to talk about the music and talk about reaching fans, and he was just, he was just a lot of fun. Joe Bonzel of the Oak Ridge Boys, one of my favorite country groups of all time. Welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you, sir?
2: Well, I'm doing really good, just like everybody else. You know, we're in very strange times right now. I'm hunkered down, and uh, it's good to talk to you guys. I appreciate you having me on. Well,
0: it's good to talk to you. Thank you for joining us. One of the lines in uh, your song, Every Day, Every Day I Want to Shake Somebody's Hand, we're not doing that right now. I know you are like known as the Energizer Bunny of the group. How does it feel to have to stay home? And you guys tore all year just to have that time at home is it driving you crazy yet
2: well no not yet you know I, i'm very fortunate i have a wonderful wife you know i i hate not being able to see my my grandkids or, or my daughters but uh i have a wonderful wife and we have six great cats well five great cats one that's a pain in the can but uh <laughs> <laughs> and i think they may, little, they may be a little tired of me i don't know but so far so good you know i mean the thing that's that's the thing that strikes you about something like this is it's not about you you know it's It's not about the fact that, oh my gosh, Joe Bonzel has to sit home and uh how am I going to do that when you realize that everybody's doing it, and that even mm-hmm. if you just narrow it down to the music industry, there is nobody out there singing right now, none, nobody right. zilch, so everybody that I know that sings songs for a living or plays in a band or is a member of a crew or or you know lighting sound drivers all those guys are at home with their families right now, as is the rest of the nation. So it just becomes not about you anymore, but you got to see that bigger picture. And I think that's what everybody's trying their best to do. And I know that's what I'm doing my best to do in a very prayerful and optimistic, you know, attitude.
1: Are you uh, getting inspired to write anything while you're at home?
2: tell you the truth, man, I did start working on a few different things. I've been working on a short story. There's a there's a, uh, a a compilation of of crime stories that came out last year that I wrote a called After Midnight, and I wrote a story in there, about uh, a police story, believe it or not. I don't really do much fiction, but God, it was so much fun. And they've asked me to take part in a project this year, which, of course, obviously the deadline's been pushed way back. I have plenty of time on it. And I've had some other little ideas. I've written a few pieces here and there. I haven't been happy with anything, but with all this time down, especially over the next month, I... I think I may find time to write something. I don't know if I've got another book in me. Uh, a little funny thing, you know, my latest book is On the Road with the Oak Ridge Boys, which is, you know, yes. a, a book about the Oaks. Well, we're, we're doing a series of email blasts right now to kind of inspire people and let them know we're all okay, and it's called Off mm-hmm. the Road with the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I love I love that book. I love On the Road with the Oak Ridge Boys. In fact, it's probably my favorite uh my favorite book uh, about touring life that I've ever read. You, you're a wonderful author. And I have a question. I know that you talk in the book about how much uh, Dwayne, I think it's, I think you say that Dwayne is such a techie, as are you. Uh, any chance that the Oaks will get together for a virtual Facebook concert and follow in the footsteps of everybody else that's been doing that?
2: You know, I don't know. It's real easy for a guy with a guitar to sit behind a microphone and do it or sitting at a piano, but the four of us, you know, we might could do a couple of acapella things if we if we got the the, the the technology right because we're going to have to, like, do a 4 face FaceTime kind of thing or something, I guess, but mm-hmm, yeah. uh, it's been asked of us over and over, and I know a lot of people have done it, some with real success and some some maybe they shouldn't have (laughs) (laughs) no comment (laughs) no but you know i watched that thing the other night you know that they did on fox and everything with elton john hosted and i thought most of that was pretty good i thought there was a few of them that maybe maybe was pushing it just a little bit when they see it back they're not going to be happy but uh everybody's trying their best we're all trying to be a blessing here we're all trying to encourage our fellow fellow neighbors and uh And music does that better than anything as you know so i guess if if it works out that we can do it i'd be all for it
1: now is this one of the craziest moments in your career that you've had to experience where you guys just can't literally do much
2: oh definitely man the fact that the buses are parked over there and everybody's in their house and the office staff uh is working from home and the band and crew don't have any work and and, you know, we're, we're we're losing a lot of income for two and a half months of shows. We were booked really heavy. And we did our last show March 15th in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we barely got that in. It was a sold-out show at the Alabama Theater. I don't think – we all knew that Troubled Waters were coming, but I don't think we had any idea that tonight, right now, this moment with this crowd of people is going to be the last time that we'd be together singing for a while. And, and I still don't really know how long it's going to be. I mean, I'm seeing things canceled into June. Uh, they just canceled CMA Fest downtown Nashville. Holy yeah. cow! And that was kind of in June. I was kind of hopeful that maybe we'd something like CMA Fest would have been such a great thing to bring it back. But uh, we're going to have to stay with this what they call mitigation. I think for a longer time than we all think. I don't know how a lot of businesses are going to survive right now. To be honest, I don't know how we're going to survive. I mean, we've got we're we're trying to make plans and look at every financial angle we can and uh to keep this thing above water but you know it's really hard when when you're a group like us who relies you know on on, on show income uh to run mm-hmm. everything um it it's a, it's a little it's a little hard to, to pay all your people and pay all your bills with no income coming in so we're addressing it and I know I know the Oak Ridge boys. We'll come up with a solution for it. But it's just a a microcasm I think of, of what everybody in our industry is doing right now at every level of the business, whether you're a, a new kid with a new record or you're an old veteran act like ourselves or I mean look the grand Ole Opry's dark. I mean, my goodness gracious, no sports, no, no 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 church, uh no gatherings of any kind. I mean it's just an amazing time and no, I think it comes back to the thing of it's not about us and it's not about me. It's the fact that everybody's dealing with it. And I actually think on some level that helps you deal with it, knowing that every single person out there is having to deal with it as well. And and it's a, it's mm-hmm. like the president says, it's a wartime footing right now. We're fighting a weird enemy and all that we can hope and pray for. And I think that this is where I am optimistic. We have the greatest scientific community in history with the mm-hmm. best technology and the best tools, somebody somewhere, we're already coming up with some things here that are that are looking promising. Or Abbott Labs just came out with this new test. When that gets out there, more people are going to be able to get tested quicker. I mean, if we can accelerate this thing like I know they're doing, working feverishly, tirelessly around the clock, just like our medical people. But our scientific mm-hmm. community, man, they've got to come to the forefront. They've got to figure out a way to stop this thing. And I think we will. And then when it's all no. done, when it's all done, we'll all be back to being doing what we do, maybe with a few lessons learned, maybe being a little careful <laughs> from here on in. But everybody will be back to singing, man. We'll be back to singing songs, and that's that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: If I may make oh, a yeah, prediction. I think the Oak Ridge Boys will be doing two and maybe three night engagements in the same locations when uh, when it does come back because everybody will be so pent up to see you, as they will for every artist. And you guys have been touring for decades. The, the thing that I think is, it can seem kind of egregious to make this comparison, but people are making the comparison to the way the country shut down after 9-11. And I'm very curious what you're seeing now versus how that, sort of comparably mini-shutdown uh, in 2001, if there's any similarities and any differences in in how you were impacted.
2: I think there's a lot of similarities, of course. Yeah. Because, you know, one tragedy with a lot of lives lost is another. But, you know, that one came out as a total shock and surprise. Like, all of a sudden, out of the clear blue sky, mm-hmm. we had terrorist planes crashing into the World Trade Center, which was unthinkable, unthinkable. Mm-hmm. And then when those buildings came down it was unthinkable that that kind of thing could happen there's where the comparison i think rates high because everybody being home and everything in this whole country totally shut down is unthinkable you can't go to the restaurant and eat and like i said there's no sports there's no nothing that is unthinkable like 9-11 was unthinkable one of the other things that was a positive after 9-11 even if it just lasted for a short time is how people in this country all pulled together as Americans it didn't it didn't matter if you were a baptist a methodist a republican a democrat conservative a liberal it seemed like everyone was on that same page flying flags outside their cars and you'd see pickup trucks go by with a big flag waving and fire trucks with a flag on the back i mean these were times that although sad it was it was heartwarming to see everybody pulling together everybody being nice to each other and I think we're seeing that now. I think people are pulling together. Now, believe me, that the, the the liberal and conservative divide in this country is still there. And I saw it in mm-hmm. I saw it just recently here when the Pillow Guy got up in front in the Rose Garden, uh, O. Oh, Mike Lindell, mm-hmm. and said we should be, uh, you know, getting into the Word and praying more. And everybody castigated him the next day. The liberal side did. So uh, that ain't exactly. going away yet. But, I mean, how stupid to, to do something like that at a time like this. I mean, what's wrong? Oh, my God, stop the president! The guy said we should be praying more. Okay, that's wrong, according to some. So I don't know that we have quite the impact of that togetherness like we had um, back then. We're still a little polarized, but I see it getting better. And what I do see around here, I know like a week and a half ago, before we really had to stay home a lot, we could grow out for essentials. We still can here, here in Tennessee, but... I went out. To, I went to Publix, you know, and I bought a whole bunch of supplies, you know, for the house and and everything. And 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 everybody was so kind to one another. They were keeping their distance, but it was like, oh, pardon me, excuse me. Oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. It was just like, I don't know. It felt like that kind of togetherness, at least a, 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 an image of it, like we had after nine eleven.
1: And and I'm in California, and you can't find most essential stuff. I, I don't know. It's probably been a month since I've been able to find toilet paper paper towels, napkins, it, it, people lining up at Costco at 2 a.m just to get these things and then they're gone once they open at 10 or earlier or later whenever they open now. It's crazy so I, I do wish we had that togetherness. and some people I've heard too, and, and I know you you're you're big in your faith that this is a, a message from God. What, what do you what do you say about that?
2: Well, I am a man of faith, I must tell you that, and 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 I believe with all my heart that every for everything there's a reason. But I I'm not I'm not good enough to to know for sure that this is a message from God. It could be. It very well might be. I wouldn't discount it. Um we have mm-hmm. slowly but surely pushed God out of our lives in almost every aspect. Just like my example of the people jumping all over the pillow guy. Because he said we should read our Bibles and get into the words some while we're home. I don't know what's wrong with that, but obviously, um, I think we need more faith right now. I, I I know I pray I pray every day. I prayed today, and I prayed for my family. I prayed for this country. I pray that God would get us through this thing, and and that uh, we'd find a cure for this awful disease and and this awful virus, and we'd be able to all move on. But um, I don't know that it's a sign from God or not. It could be. It sure feels like one of them plagues, doesn't it? <laughs> no,
0: it yeah. does. I mean you it's know, a worldwide
2: it's... deal too, man. I mean you know, people are dying all over the world. It's not even just America. It's not even just about us. And right. so it's about the world. It's about what's going on in other countries and people dying everywhere and and uh you know, you look at Italy and, and, and you look at Spain and some of these hot spots around the world and boy it's it's just a devastating thought. Again, I come back to the word "unthinkable." It's like this can't be happening. It's like a, it's like a Stephen King book, you know. It's like, a, it's like a, it's like a horror, one of them B movies, you know. Oh my God, a big plague wipes out everybody in the earth, and only so many survive, and they blah 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 blah. It's like a bad movie.
0: It is, and like just like in those bad movies, there are always people who are going to take advantage of the situation in a negative way. And I know you and the Oaks our spokespeople for AARP, and you put a message out on Twitter for senior citizens to be aware of scams, of medicines that are being advertised as cures for COVID-19. How important is it right now to protect the, the most vulnerable, not medically, but who could fall susceptible to scams? And what moved you to do this message for AARP?
2: Well, you know, way back there a while ago when the AARP Fraud Watch Network asked us to do a PSA an association mm-hmm. in association or in accordance with the Department of Justice, we were all for it, man. Yeah, that's a great idea. And when we were finished with it and we saw the figures and we – of course, a lot of this stuff we all know. We we, we keep our ear to the ground. We know that, that the scam thing is a big deal. We're We're getting scam calls on our home phones all the time and click this blue line because I got a, a deal for you, blah, blah, blah. But when I, it was brought to our attention how much the elderly, not that we didn't know it, but it was right there in front of us in black and white, are, are taken advantage of. Our question to them was, what more can we do? This is really mm-hmm. a great project. We'd like to do more. So then they made a spokesman for the whole cause. Well, uh, since then, that has included, as you mentioned, me doing some uh, PSAs and some things for Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, wherever they put it, and um, to just kind of make people aware of the fact that there may be those out there trying to take advantage of them. And if you're an older person, please consider what you're doing and research what you're doing before you do it, and don't pull any triggers until you know for sure who these people are and what they want. Um, So all of a sudden it became more important, I think, that we were doing this. And now we've become kind of a voice for that, and I think it's important that somebody's doing something there and bringing awareness to it. Why not us?
0: Does it bring you comfort? I mean, you know, your audience, some have been with you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a millennial and I'm a huge fan, but I know I got introduced to your music through my grandparents. And so for as many decades as you've been around, you've had fans. Does it bring you some comfort to know that maybe your music is helping these people get uh, your fans get through these times and that your messages are are reassuring to them?
2: Oh, definitely. And let me tell you something, what you just said, your grandparents turned you on to the Oak Ridge Boys. We hear that over and over all the time from younger people, man. And I think that's one of the reasons we're still around. I wrote about that in the book we talked about, but we've been passed down through generations, I think more so than than almost any other act. You know, I know some have, but we certainly have been passed down from grandma to, to, to the kids, to their kids, to the young cowboys out there at the festival with a with a girlfriend and a beer and muscles Mm -hmm. singing every word to every song we're doing. And you say, man, how do you know those songs? And I had a guy one time tell me from the crowd, grandpa's eight tracks, man. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So we've been passed down like an old shirt, man. That's why the old Oak Ridge boys are still out here singing. And that's why our audience is so varied. I mean, our audience is skewed older. Of course, we've skewed older. So that's to be expected. But, uh, yes, and, and I see it. I'm the Twitter guy, you know. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. Other people are handling that, and I don't even really like Facebook, to be honest. But uh, I don't mind the Twitter thing. It's kind of quick, and it's fast, and you can do a lot of good in a short period of time, and it's kind of fun to me. So I do the Oak Ridge Boys tweets, and I do my own, and that's about the extent of my social networking. Now, I I am on Pinterest, and I, I either do pictures of banjos or big cats and owls. But that's, that's another <laughs> side of me that hardly nobody even realizes I'm over there. And I'm on LinkedIn, but I never do much there.
0: Wait a minute. Did yeah. you say big cats? Did you say big cats? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, did you watch Tiger King?
2: <laughs> I watched the first episode, and to be honest with you, I didn't want to watch anymore.
0: Yeah, it was just crazy. I
2: yeah. thought that he was just batshit crazy, and so was she.
0: And so was she. And the big
2: line that happened when I said, I got 227 tigers to feed. I thought, well, that's ridiculous. I wish they, I wish they turned and eat him. And then I was done. Yeah. With it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> love that, it. that would have been a show worth watching, right? Uh,
2: yeah, now, um, I, I, I was, I was done with it after that. I said, all these people are nuts, man. And I, I felt bad for the big cats because I, I love the big cats, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't really care for it to be real honest. Uh, I know a lot of people are turned on to it, but I really wasn't. But to get back to the original question, yes, we see it on yeah. social yeah. networking. I know that a lot of people are finding inspiration in our music, probably especially our gospel songs from back in the day. Mm -hmm. And we've recorded some good gospel over the years. And um, I see people put lyrics to our songs on Twitter, and it's very heartwarming to know that maybe something that we have done may help get somebody through this. Absolutely. absolutely.
1: and. And you've been uh, a member of the Oaks for forty six years. And like you said, you wrote a book. You're just uh, what's it like to be a member of a group for that long and just continue touring and putting out new music as much as you can?
2: I still think it's amazing to be an Oak Ridge boy. I love this group. I love what we do to stand up there for since nineteen seventy three and sing my part and be a part of that sound that comes out of the four of us with our kick and band. It's a real kick. If people enjoy listening to it, I guarantee you they ain't having any more fun than those of us up there singing. We're a unique, a unique American institution, and we're a part of music history. We've lived out dreams that we never had any idea that we would live out. We all had dreams, but we've far, far exceeded our dreams. I'm in my house right now, and I can go into this next room. And on my wall there, I've got that big copy of that placard that's at the Country Music Hall of Fame on the on the on the wall in the rotunda that shows the Oak Ridge Boys inducted in two thousand and fifteen. I just don't know how that can be beat. It's an amazing thing to oh, be a part of
1: that that's a great it, thing and I, I bet that's a beautiful room you've got mm-hmm. with all those on there
0: now I want to show you how much of a fan I am i first of all as, as a music journalist, I go to the show every year for for the last three years I've gone to a show every year, so I've been waiting to go for this year, but of course with the with the postponements and everything um number two the other question i mean this respectfully if it sounds like i'm picking a bone i'm not one of my favorite Oaks songs was left off of boys night out and i'm just wondering if there's a live recording in the vault but leaving louisiana is like the oaks song for me and i'm just wondering if maybe because there were so many hits that weren't on that original live album if maybe there might be plans for a live album in the future
2: well, I don't know about that. Are you telling me that leaving Louisiana is not on boys Boys Night Out?
0: Nope, not that I see. I, and I go back because I'm like, that That's not right. <laughs> you know, it's not on there.
2: That's not right. We sing Leaving Louisiana every single night. It's one of our top songs. I can't I believe that was left off the album. It's not on the album.
0: No. <laughs> that's That's amazing. That's I'm sorry if I if I've upset you there. That's just,
1: it's I'm just telling you.
2: I had no idea I'm gonna to have to yeah. look back at that and see how in the world that happened <laughs>
1: it's it's i'm I'm checking Amazon right now and it is not on the vinyl for sure I'll no be no that's no. a
2: shocker. I just assumed it was on there, and I've listened to it a bunch of times. I guess I didn't really notice ever that it wasn't <laughs> boy what a what a glaring uh mistake that was
0: but it goes to a bigger question, which is, and you address this a little in the book which is every year you try to make the set list a little different, keeping those hits and the ones that people want to want to hear. You have such a large catalog, four decades of music. How do you guys sit down and decide what is going on the road with you?
2: Well, to be honest with you, that's, that's one of the things I do. I make up a different set list every day. Every single day there's a new set list. And right now I think we've got 70 songs that we can do counting gospel patriotic and hits and deep cuts i love to pull deep cuts out Mm -hmm. you know i love to every once in a while pull out golden singing there must be something about me that she Mm -hmm. loves from have arrived in 79 you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. and and i just try to put together a show that uh that that will be fast-paced and uplifting and include a lot of music because we do a lot of singing we do 23 to 25 songs a night when we sing and um And I like to make it different. I really do. And now there's some songs that are on the set almost every night. Y'all come back saloon 90% of the time. Of course, Elvira, Bobby Sue, especially Elvira, every single night. Leaving Louisiana is probably on that set about 80% of the time. I I can't, you know, it really is. But, you know, there's just so many songs, and I think that's so cool that we have such a deep well that we can dig into. Did you see what I did there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, And the thing
0: about that is, you, were, you work with contemporary songwriters. I know that uh, one of um, Brandy Clark's song is on 17th Avenue Revival. Uh, you know, I have to commend you and say I really love that you look to the new artists to work with you because that blend of new plus your iconic status, it's just magic. Everything you, you've put out is just awesome. Sorry if I'm fanboying a little bit, but I mean, you guys have really managed to stay relevant, and I love it.
2: Thank you. Well, you're always reinventing yourself, man. You know, we're always trying to... We're, we're The great thing about the Oak Ridge Boys, to go on that a little bit again, is I, I travel with a bunch of guys and sing with a bunch of guys that are all forward-thinking individuals. There's no quit in anybody. We're old guys, man, and we're still singing good, and that which is a key, and we're still out there performing a lot of shows a year, and everybody's always into this thing of how can we do it better. We've released eight Christmas albums, okay, and every one of them has a different little twist than the one before it but this past Mm -hmm. year when we went in the studio with dave cobb this is to your uh question about new artists or, or new songwriters young songwriters we had a bunch of a stable of young songwriters down there with dave cobb and we sat around in a circle and talked about what we'd like to do on the down home christmas album and we would tell them ideas for something like you know we really need a really good santa song we got a Santa segment in our Christmas show. We need some new Santa songs. These guys go upstairs, a couple of them, in each room, and they write songs. Bring them down to us, and some of them we just love so much, and we'd record them right there on the spot. It was like old Nashville, and we're about to do that again with Dave Cobb and his young songwriters. The whole attitude of the next album is called is is about like if we were the Oakridge Boys were singing on a front porch, not exactly bluegrass, not exactly "You Are My Sunshine," but although it could be, I guess. But it's like we already have gotten a few songs in from some of these same writers that wrote for us on Seventeenth Avenue Revival and Down Home Christmas, and they're masterpieces. And these are young guys, young guys in their Mm -hmm. twenties, man, some of them, who are just writing great songs. One of those guys, I can't think of his name right now. I'm sorry, but he's written five number ones for Luke Combs. So I mean, you know, Uh we're getting these young guys here writing songs for us, man, and that's really a new energy that uh, we just love.
1: And kind of go back. Kind of going back to the uh, set list mix up, you said you guys have 70 songs. So the the band obviously has to know all of this stuff. Do you guys pre rehearse, like before, like block out a month of time before you guys go on tour and just rehearse everything and then just everyone's kind of.
2: Yeah, no, man, Gotta our our it. band is so good and we're and we know our stuff so well. I we may have a rehearsal one day on the road to say, "Hey, you know we're in Baton Rouge tonight, man. We need to do Callin' Baton Rouge." Garth has been talking about it a lot lately and how when he was a kid, he'd listen to the Oak Ridge Boys sing Callin' Baton Rouge. So let's run it. We go down there to sound check, band listens to it get a kind of feel to it. We go on stage with the band, sing through it twice, and that night we're doing Calling Baton Rouge. So it, that's kind of how it goes with us. We don't have to really sit and rehearse a lot unless we've got a bunch of really brand new music to do.
1: Sure, and that's that's what I, I love about uh, Nashville. Um, I'm from Missouri originally, but lived in Nashville a couple years, uh, you know, playing music myself, and it just it was amazing at how many people you met, and all uh, most, a lot of those people just could do it off the cuff like that it was just uh amazing
2: there, there's just so much talent in this town it's unbelievable man did, did you see that thing online of the of the backup singers in town in nashville that recorded it is well with my soul
0: no i'll have to check that out
2: yeah, look it up on it youtube it is well with my soul nashville and okay it, it's like about 25 or so maybe 30 young singers not a one that i even knew to be honest singing It Is Well With My Soul, where each one of them's in a little square like they did it on Zoom or something. And and it's just it's just mind boggling. And uh, just, again, an example of the incredible talent we have in this town from music standpoint, from songwriters. That's why it's so sad right now to see so many people hurting, you know, uh, that aren't working, you know. But again, it's not about just the music. It's everywhere. There's nobody working in any restaurants in town either, or any of the bars or any of the hot spots in Nashville, like the Grand Ole Opry or the Country Music Hall of Fame. To see everything closed, boy, that's really surreal, you know?
1: It really oh, yeah. is. I, I couldn't believe whenever Live Nation uh, started canceling shows and then all of a sudden we got the press release saying they've canceled everything through, like,
2: the end of May. Like, this is unheard of.
1: And then rescheduling's got to be a big logistical
2: the first thing I saw was when they canceled South by Southwest.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, that targeted.
2: happened, and not too long after that, we were booked on the Aust- Rodeo Austin. And Rodeo mm-hmm. Austin was claiming on Twitter that no matter what happens, they're a go. And I guess the city of Austin said, "No, you're not." So, <laughs> but you know, well, then the big then Southwest the big Houston Livestock Show in Coachella canceled. Well, once that mm. happened.
1: Then shows, I said, Uh
2: oh, this yeah. this is gonna snowball, man, there's not gonna be any shows anywhere for a long time. And that's exactly what happened. Now to the Oak Ridge boys, we mentioned business earlier and, and planning business and finances. The good news for us is almost every show that that went away has been postponed. Mm-hmm. So I mean we're gonna play it. these dates. And that's a comforting mm-hmm. feeling right now, at least, you know. I sure hope we're going to play these dates. I mean, we don't know how long this thing's going to go, but then it could start to get really weird. But I'm optimistic that we're going to end it sooner than later, and we're all going to be back on the bus and out there singing right like everybody else is. And uh, like I say, with maybe some lessons learned, that's, 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 that's what I'm banking on.
0: We're banking on it, too. Joe Bonzel, this was fabulous. I've wanted to talk to you for a long time. We both have. This was a thrill. Thank you so much.
2: Well, that's a real honor for you to say that to me, man, guys. Thank you. God bless you, man. You know, really. God bless you, man. Keep on playing the music and uh hey, be prayerful and optimistic. That's what we gotta do right now. Oh
0: my goodness, Joe Bonzel. That makes two. Two of the four Oak Ridge Boys and like baseball cards, I think we need to collect them all because <laughs> I've I've interviewed Richard Sturban, uh I interviewed him to promote a date. Now we've had Joe I don't know if Dwayne does any interviews at the PR people were telling us that that uh, he may not that that's off and on and uh, and then of course William Lee Golden the beard the man himself man of mystery I don't think anybody has ever seen his
1: eyes <laughs> if you've You know I, I all the pictures I'm looking at he's got he looks like Santa Claus with glasses oh my gosh but you want to know where
0: 90s country comes from urban cowboy stuff comes from it's from the stuff these yeah. guys were doing in the 70s and 80s. It was just the natural extension of that. Put a little bit more of a harder rock guitar in the middle of it. And I've said in a couple of the reviews of, the, of their shows that I've done, their live stuff is quote-unquote harder, meaning harder strings, more rockin' right. arrangements than on their albums. A- and they've really, like I said in the interview, they've managed to stay relevant for 40, for five decades now, going on 50 years, 40-some-odd years.
1: Yeah. And, you know, my one of my favorite parts of the interview was when you actually puzzled him. Yes. <laughs> I I wasn't sure where that was going to go. And he's like, wait a minute, that's not on there. Well, I have to do some investigative research. So that's that's how super cool Joe is. And knowing him, he, and, will. Uh, he will. Yeah. And uh, you guys should definitely he's he's a Twitter guy, like he said. So yeah. follow him on Twitter. He'll follow you back. He'll chat with you, I'm sure. Uh, He was super cool and actually in the middle of the interview, I actually followed him when we hung up. He had tweeted us Yeah back and followed us. So um, that was cool Um, So yeah, check him out uh, Oak Ridge Boys uh, online and Joe Bonzel's uh, personal page as well Um, Super cool guy and would love to have him back at some point
0: Absolutely, and I'm sure he will because like I said the Oaks are kind of my beat I make sure to cover them at least once or twice a year when they come to the area so Joe, thank you for your time, but I'm sure this won't be the last uh, you'll be hearing from us and vice versa.
1: Yeah, we'll try not to annoy you, though. (laughs) All right. I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy for the Music Universe podcast.
2: Thanks for listening.